0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective 2020 on Vision Just recently on our Vision Facebook page a listener made us aware of a single woman who accessed a Christian dating site and unfortunately experienced sexual assault by men posing to be safe Christians the police websites have great information on reporting cases of sexual assault, but often women feel guilty about the experience and don't want anyone to know. Apparently the helpline on Crime Stoppers says that they are not aware of any legislation that expects dating sites to post sexual assault reporting information on their sites. And that's because these sites are privately owned. So what's the difference between Ordinary dating apps and Christian dating apps? And is it a guarantee of a better quality relationship if you meet someone on a Christian dating app? Well, you might have your own thoughts to contribute. And as I say, our talkback line open... 1-800-316-316 one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to join in our conversation today. You might have your own experience and look, it could be a good experience that you've had on a dating app site, Christian or non, uh, or it could be a experience that you'd rather not remember, but, you know, we're going to invite you to be a part of our conversation and maybe contribute your uh, little bit of wisdom to where we're going today. Our very special guest through this next hour, Wendy Francis, who is State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby in her home state of Queensland and is Director of the Centre for Human Dignity, Uniting People Against Sexual Exploitation. Wendy Francis, a special welcome along to 2020.
1: Always so good to have my knees under this table, Neil.
0: Well, it's just a pleasure having you on and uh, you always overflow with tremendous wisdom. And on a topic like this today, I know that people will be very interested in it because the statistics might tell us that people who are single today are very interested in what's happening on dating apps. And uh, let's not mention too many names of the dating uh, websites, but uh, lots of people are looking for their lifelong partner on a dating app. What are your thoughts in general about the idea that people do these days try and look for love online?
1: Look, I think uh, a statistic that was really interesting uh, for me that I saw recently from Lifeline is that 60% of people in Australia regularly feel lonely. Uh, So that being the case, this is why I think these dating apps are becoming so popular, because people are lonely. Uh, We are staying, uh, um, we're not sort of meeting in the normal places as much as we used to. And so we're at home, we've got our online friends, but we're feeling lonely. So I mean, I have good friends who have met their lifelong partners on dating apps. uh, But I've also had a lot of friends who had some pretty bad experiences. So I think there's there's good, there's bad, and there's ugly.
0: And you can't tell who you are, in fact, going to be talking to, connecting with, because the motivations of the heart of people are going to be very different. And uh, when I think of it, uh, you know, there may be some young men who are looking for their lifelong partner online. Uh, it, I tend to feel that it's probably uh, lonely women who are looking for that lifelong partner online. Uh, there's this other side, though. Uh, I'm just looking for a quick one-night stand, mm. uh, the sexual attraction of finding someone mm-hmm. online who may be available in your neighbourhood uh, in the coming hours. I mean, this is just how easy all of this is and how quickly things can go bad. So those different motivations, Wendy. I mean, Absolutely. you can't tell.
1: No, you can't. And so face-to-face, um, you don't – like if I'm meeting somebody face-to-face, I don't know straight away whether they're available or not. When you're going on a dating app – everybody every single person on that dating app is saying i'm available so that's that's a start so you you know that these this is somebody who's looking for love so you know that you've got somebody who's vulnerable straight away also one of the things that all the dating apps seem to advise people is don't use your real name so you're already somebody who's anonymous and the the, it's a there's a very good reason why you don't use your real name but imagine that if you met somebody face to face and you found out they weren't using their real name, immediately you would actually feel suspicious. But online, on online dating, that's actually what's recommended. Uh,
0: Recommended because of the risk to your safety if you are giving out your personal details. Correct. uh, Because it's not just whether we're talking here about sexual exploitation, uh, but whether someone is going to scam you in all sorts of other ways and take everything, including your identity.
1: Correct. So if you use your real name or your workplace, or you, um, many people are even putting up their work or home address. Uh, you don't know who this person is who is going to come and knock on your door. So they, there's lots of advice from these websites saying you know protect yourself, uh, do a fact check. You can use a, a reverse Google image search to for to find out who the person really is. There's all these advice on the On the dating apps themselves, and so obviously they are aware that there is a, a huge risk in what you're doing.
0: let 's come back to loneliness for a few moments because you indicate that you know one of the primary things that uh, that you've picked up on uh, some research here into why people might be using these apps, loneliness has been on the rise. Uh, People do feel isolated for all sorts of reasons. Mm. Uh, One of those reasons might be that they're detached from community, which gives them a safe place. And Mm -hmm. uh, we might be able to reflect on uh, the idea that less people perhaps connecting with their local church community. But Mm. loneliness causes us to do all sorts of things that we might not ordinarily think are highly moral.
1: Mm. So in that same research that we had, 60% of Australians regularly feel lonely another stat in that same research document was that 82 percent of Aussies feel that loneliness is on the rise you know the British government recently actually appointed a minister for loneliness that just when I when I heard that I was just like wow a minister for loneliness so this is this is a global phenomenon Um, and I think what we've got to come back to really and maybe this is the end of our conversation, we're starting at the end, but churches are actually a really important place, a, an important force against loneliness, and, and ultimately ultimately, the solution to loneliness is Jesus Christ, God with us. But God intended us to live in society, and, and I think churches can be a big part of that solution.
0: Interestingly, churches have a usually... A higher level in their sexual ethics and they'll have an expectation upon people uh, to remain pure while single and to wait for that lifelong partner in marriage before you pursue sexual pursuit in your life. Uh, There's this whole idea that because the church has that higher ideal ethically when it comes to sexual uh, uh, motivations, Uh, That somehow or other, if you're going to push the boundaries here, you'll go outside of that protection that happens in that church community. And then you're actually on risky ground.
1: And so then when we come to the app, uh, we have somebody who's saying, Yes, I abide by a sexual ethic because they're on uh, a Christian dating site. Um, But we know also that there are people who are, um, who actually uh, target churches. So we've seen the Royal Commission. Um, so we've seen people target churches for their own sexual gain. And and that is something face-to-face. How much more so than when we look at a, a dating app can we see that people can say one thing but be something completely different?
0: What I can hear you say here is that there would be predatory people who yep. would be targeting Christians just so that they can corrupt the Christian ethic that is in someone's life. Because someone is saying, I'm a Christian, and in fact, I'm on this Christian dating app uh, because I'm looking for a Christian person to be my lifelong partner, want to share the same values as they do, that there may actually be predatory people who are saying, well, that's someone I'd like to corrupt
1: I think that that's very true. I also think that that person, the predatory person, can see that the the people in the church or people going on a, a Christian dating site perhaps may be more trusting and they may even see them as more gullible.
0: Okay. We are going to take some calls through the hour and I do want to invite you to join in our conversation. Let's take a call from Adam in Warhope in New South Wales. Hello, Adam. Welcome along. Oh, hi there, Neil and Wendy. How are you both? Very well. Adam, what's your story?
2: Well, it's a good story. I'm getting married next Wednesday. Um, uh, my fiance and I, we met on a, a dating site only two years ago. Um, it, it is fraught with danger. Everything is amplified, uh, in the dating world with when it's online because you, you're, you're communicating with a lot more people. Um, and, uh, so you really got to be careful, um, and really slow yourself down throughout the process. Um, and I found the best way was with um, asking. There's a lot of people that are perceiving to be Christians on there, and as, as you were just talking about, uh, uh, trying to take advantage of people. But there's it, some simple questions you can ask as a Christian. It's one of the ones I used was, you know, what does Jesus mean to you? So when you ask you know, a really special question like that, mm. it really starts, you, you cut through the rubbish, and uh, and and if people don't give a good answer to that and they say they're a christian well and, and, you know followed by many other questions um you could really you know help to to narrow it all down
0: adam are you saying you ask that question before you even meet this person face to face you should speak well
2: i i spoke i had a you know sort of online relationship with a few beforehand and and you really start without even getting in contact with them um, and you actually get a really good feeling for what a person's like, just communicating in black and white text. <laughs> um, and you can, you know, by just back and forth and really get enough to know someone before you even start to meet somebody because it is fraught with danger. And, uh, and that's what we did. Well, my going to be wife next week, we only talked for uh, one week uh, via... Um, um, uh, texting and so forth and and, and and messenger, you can talk on video chat so you can see the person, make sure they're real see what their life is, everything they're saying is correct there's, there's a lot of scammers on there mm. um, and then you can arrange to meet them once you're, once you're both at a com- comfortable stage uh, I was very lucky, um, I did a lot of homework <laughs> my, my fiancé ended up going to the church I found out of uh, which Pastor Rob Mann uh, from Vision used to run. Um, mm. It's the Vietnamese version. So there's a whole lot of things I could start to see. There was authenticity there. Yeah. And and that's what you've got to do. We've got to see what's authentic before we even arrange to meet, I think, because, you know, it, it is with is Worth.
0: Angel. Adam, so it was a Christian dating site. Uh, no, this was No, this, this was not. No, this,
2: this was actually <laughs> probably one of the worst ones. I actually had that much... Uh, of a bad experience, and all the others, especially there's a, a couple of Christian ones were actually probably the worst because, uh, as we said, the predatory predatory behaviour mm. uh, on vulnerable people is is so high, um, and you get to know after a while that what what's going on. But if you're not, well, there should be really some training for this for you know, throughout all the churches around this country because it's uh, it's really a big issue, and there's many people. You, know, you just look at the news, and many people are getting taken advantage of. Uh, money wise and all sorts of all sorts
1: of ways I, I think what you said that is just so good, Adam is you started by saying first we first met two years ago online, and that yeah. that length of time is just so um, brilliant because yeah. you 've taken the time you 've gone slow, um, and that 's what a normal relationship that 's how a relationship grows and the trust grows uh, the The danger I think is so many people. Within six months, they they know that this is the person that they want to spend the rest of their life with, and many times they haven't even met them, or um, certainly they don't know who they've just fallen for. So, Which well is done. Crazy. Yeah,
2: it's crazy stuff, really, when you think about it. And, you know, because everything's just sped up in this world now on the internet, everything is a lot faster again, mm.
1: um,
2: and it gets it's it's too fast for us to even comprehend with at some stage. So, you, you know, that's where. A lot of prayer, Bible reading, all those sorts of things help to slow you down. But still, it pulls you in, and, and it's very—it's a very interesting sort of ride. And uh, there's many stories I could share um, which, which I come across. They're just endless. But as I say, narrowing it down with some key questions in the beginning. Uh, uh, we've got all these other tools on the internet now, as you were saying. There's facial recognition <clears throat> and all these sorts of things. But then we've got video calls. We've got all this sort of stuff, which you can do with somebody and interact with them before you even meet what 's to say you have to go on a date straight away mm.
0: well, I think uh, great wisdom in the things that you 're sharing, adam and uh, I think you know if you 're a listener and you 're a single and you 're looking for Mr. or Miss Wright, uh, remember that question: What does Jesus mean to you, and you can make a really good assessment of someone by the way their response may look there, whether that 's mm. authentic whether it strikes a chord with you and it might give you some suspicion if that answer is not something appropriate. Adam, thank you so much for calling through. Visions
2: 2020 with Neil Johnson A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events.
0: 1-800-316-316 one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 to join in our conversation today. We are talking about dating apps and uh, the risks that come along with those. You might have your own story to tell. It might be a good news story like Adam's story who called through just a few moments ago. It might not be a good news story. And so I did say a little earlier, if you wanted to remain anonymous for our conversation today, we'd love to hear from you because I uh, want to hear all sides uh, from listeners all around Australia today. Uh, when we talk, though, uh, Wendy, just before we take any more calls, the idea of this, you know, this uh, anonymity, having mm. an avatar, not using your real name, you can take on a whole different personality. And this is something that seems to be quite common with people uh having a false face, a Absolutely. mask. And really, when you are on any of these sites, this is one of the risks you're taking because if you're a young woman looking for a young man, there's nothing saying that you're not talking to an old man who has a false face on.
1: Exactly, and we hear that all the time. And the police have... Um, stings that they do on these sort of people because they pose as this um, yeah, young guy looking for love when it's really an old man looking for a sexual encounter.
0: Taking calls 1-800-316-316. We've got Shelby on the line. Hi, Shelby. Welcome along. Hello,
3: Neil, uh, Wendy. Um, uh, folks, look, I, um, um, I, I'll take you to a verse uh, in the uh, Bible, Proverbs 18.22. And it says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Now, same goes as far as I'm concerned for the woman. Um, but, you know, my, I, I use an example as a, uh, we're coming up to our 62nd uh, school uh, faith anniversary. Um, and I was a 1st day student, along with about a dozen or more friends that we still keep contact with. And um, we have a 94-year-old spinster teacher, first-aid stu- uh, first teacher. And, you know, um, she has never been lonely because she's so busy with so many things. And I find the same with a lot of my Christian friends at church. We are just so, that a lot of us, uh, a lot of women that are on their own from husbands passing on and so on. I was just talking to an 84-year-old friend the other day, um, naturally I'm in the 70s, um, but uh, I know her through our church, the Lutheran Church up at Mount Cotton, where our family plot is, our uh, cemetery is. Um, and, um, you know, the same thing with um, Esther, um, she is so involved in so many things, she never gets lonely. And I mean the church involvement and the church congregation and the church friends and fellowship.
1: Yeah, so, is, you know, in um, Psalm 68, um, David says that God sets the lonely in families and I think that's what you're talking about. You're talking about the God sets us in families and sometimes that's a church family. But loneliness does not have to be um do like you know we we do you know we do see that this is an epidemic of our our um our nation at the moment I think but what a beautiful phrase he sets the lonely in families lonely is isn't new um it's even talked about in the scriptures but God has the remedy.
0: <coughs> Pardon me, Shelby. Thank you so much for your call one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen to join in our conversation today. Another point, uh, just quickly to raise, which comes up. Out of Shelby's comment there, the idea of a 94-year-old teacher who was never married Mm. but always engaged in church life and as a teacher, keeping busy, Wendy Francis, uh, is one of those things. There's an old saying, the devil makes work for idle hands, and you've got time on your hands, you're lonely, and you're seeking to fill that void of your loneliness, and sometimes through relationship. But... As Shelby rightly, I think, expresses here, being comfortable in your own skin with who you are as being single, this is an important element of coming to grips with when you are a single person.
1: It really is, but so many people speak to me about that um, being single in a church even is a very lonely place because uh, your friends are the same age, are talking about their kids going to school or whatever their husband is doing, and so our churches do need to do more, I think. But we sometimes wait for our church to do something. And I guess, you know, what inspires me about that 90-odd-year-old woman is that she didn't wait for other people to to do something for her. She's obviously gotten out and done it. And in doing that, she is blessed but also a blessing to others. So I mean, the the ultimate solution to loneliness is, is that God is with us. But I think Christian hospitality... Um is a huge antidote to loneliness.
0: Okay, just to reflect on a online poll that we've got going at the moment, uh, asking about the safety of using uh, these dating sites, dating apps. Uh, good response. One hundred and sixty listeners have responded so far, and seventy three percent say no, not safe. Uh, there's a little bit of wisdom there, and when someone puts a vote on there like that, uh, they may not be uh, courageous enough to call us and tell us their own story, but a lot of people no doubt will be saying, no, not safe, because I've had a dreadful experience like that, and as I set up in the beginning when we started our conversation, uh, this idea of when things go wrong... And uh, we were talking about a young woman. when things go wrong, you don't want to tell anybody because you're embarrassed about that situation. But uh, a lot of people are saying, "No, not safe."
1: Yeah, I think it is good for people to share their stories because um there are lots of stories out there about uh, there's there's fake Facebook accounts, for instance. So somebody uh, has a fake name on the on the website on the dating app. So then they go to the Facebook, they find that Facebook account and it looks like there's a person there. But again, be, be wise, be smart. Um, if that Facebook account has very few friends, for instance, um, then, yeah, be careful about that. Or if it's very new, uh, I think we need to, there's a lot of different things that I think people can learn from and help others with. So they shouldn't be worried to actually share their stories. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, I think that, you know, if, you're, if you are talking to somebody online and pretty soon they request something like a sexy photo or something, you know immediately, nope,
0: gone, bang. Look for the signs. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's take a call. Coral is on the line from Cooma in New South Wales. Hi, Coral, welcome. Hello, yes. Coral, need Did to be quick. The- what are your thoughts?
4: As, as always, I just thank you for having conversations on all sorts of topics. This is a pleasant one, relatively. There can be even harder topics. And I, I just think it's marvellous when there's conversation with good people who perhaps have been grandmothers and things like that. Uh, they've got lots of life experience to bring to bear and you just hear how they talk about it. I come from a family where there's a lot of silence and, in fact, it was a privilege to live in the country and be silent, but it doesn't make you a good talker necessarily on any topic whatsoever. And this one, you know, everyone...
0: needs friends and things like that and so it's marvellous and thank you. Thank you, Coral. Coral, thank you. We're talking through these issues. Our special guest this hour is Wendy Francis who's State Director of the Australian Christian Lobby in Queensland. She's also Director of the Centre for Human Dignity and Uniting People Against Sexual Exploitation. Uh, Callers waiting to go to air, Wendy, but before we take those, let me just ask you about... Uh, this idea of uh, secrecy, uh, if you uh, are on an app and you have a bad experience, you may have been even the victim of a sexual assault, keeping that quiet, not always the wisest thing to do.
1: I'd say probably never the wisest thing to do. And in this case, secrecy does not add up to safety. So your safety is what is really Paramount in this situation and secrecy only adds to the danger of a a dating app. So right from the very start, um, you know, tell your friends about the online relationship that you are developing because as you share with your friends, they're your best um, bouncing board off, you know, as well. They're the best ones to be saying, oh, hang on a minute, that sounds a little bit odd or um, they're the ones who would help you. They're a little bit removed from the situation. So right up from the start, so then... As it develops and something might go wrong, you've got people to go back to as well. You don't all of a sudden have to, oh, and by the way, for the last six months I've been talking to this guy online and now something's happened. No, they're with you all the way. Uh, So, no. Don't don't be secretive about
0: this. And that idea of holding back, not reporting to police that there's been a sexual assault uh, because you don't want to go through a whole process where there's a court appearance and all of those sorts of things. From what I understand uh, from my little bit of research is that police still want you to make a report. They want you to report that sexual assault. And the reason is because that particular perpetrator may well be linked to other sexual assaults uh, and all sorts of dangerous criminal activity, and your report may well contribute to the conviction of someone who is guilty of a dreadful offence. So there's a there's an, another reason there. So you shouldn't remain silent. And uh, and of course, if everyone, I mean, because there's always that embarrassment. You've got to get over that embarrassment of uh, you know I've been hurt here, and maybe it's all my fault. This idea of blaming yourself. I know that's not always a positive thing. Wendy, what are your thoughts on on just the idea that police might want to know what's happened?
1: Well, you're not only protecting yourself in that matter, you're actually helping to protect others. And so that's obviously the right thing to do. But again, if you share, if you're not secretive right from the start, then that shame and embarrassment really doesn't need to be there because your friends can start putting up some red flags and say, hang on a minute, um, if you're gonna meet this guy or if you're gonna meet this woman, let's let's make it a public place. Let's just meet in, you know, in a park for it to start. They they can help you make
0: wise choices. We are taking calls. One 316 three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Alexis in Bunbury in WA. Hi, Alexis, welcome along.
5: Uh, hello, nice to be speaking to you. Um, I met and married my husband. From a Christian dating website, Um, I gave my life to Jesus a bit later in life and so everyone was married, church circles were full and I couldn't connect to anyone through my friends and I was really wary about using um, a dating website. A friend who had used the site previously said, look, meet them within the first few weeks, narrow your search parameters so that they're in your area where you can physically meet and then meet in a public place. And I found that was really good advice. And I had my sister, my mum, and my best friend along on my journey, and they were praying for me and just, yeah, like you said, betting the profiles that were popping up here and there. Um, and so, obviously, for me, it ended up being a very successful experience. Uh,
0: great to hear, Alexis. And uh, your thoughts, Wendy, for Alexis? So good, Alexis,
1: and congratulations. Um, you know, I think if you meet that person face to face quite quickly, Then there's, uh, there's no, um, there's no chance of them. Well, it's, there's much less chance of them being secretive. If a person is hesitant to meet you, then again, that would be a red flag for me. So congratulations. I'm, I'm just so happy for you.
5: Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're seven years in and two kids later. So <laughs> I would never have met him. He would not have been in my circle if it wasn't
4: for that son.
5: No, wonderful, that's Alexis. Wonderful.
0: While we've still got you, I was impressed to hear that it wasn't something you were doing on your own, but you had your family. Did you say your mother and your sister? You did Did you say yes. your your family were in? Friends. They were a part of the whole thing. So it wasn't something yes. you were off doing, uh, you know, on the sly.
5: But I don't think when we start a relationship, it normally wouldn't be isolated and just us. We Mm. would be talking to our family and our friends and our close ones about it. So I think that even though it's online and you can sit at home and do it by yourself, you know, still be like you were saying, telling people about it, being open about it. Hey, I've met this guy. I've met this girl. Um, Because, yeah, they do. And there was a couple that my friend said, oh, no, that doesn't seem right. And so even though I might have really liked them on what they looked like my friends could pick up things that because I was so hopeful perhaps I could not have seen myself
1: yeah and we all do that I can remember back to my young days you certainly can get emotions can rise and so um, whether it's face to face or whether it's online I, I love the way that you're saying it's really the same process
0: Alexis, thank you so much for your input. one 316 to join in our conversation today. Let's take another call. Daniel is on the line from Brisbane. Hi Daniel, welcome. Are you with us, Daniel? Daniel, uh, you've dropped out. Uh, You might like to call us back, 1-800-316-316. Let's talk about churches for a few moments here, Wendy, uh, because churches, as we said a little earlier, create a safe environment. And look, it's not going to be an absolute guarantee either because uh, all sorts of people can turn up at church. Everyone's on a different level of their maturity in Christ and understanding ethics and sexual ethics. Sometimes churches, as we said, will have a very open Sexual ethics expectation of members of the church. Sometimes they don't because they're not wanting to tread on toes. What are your thoughts for Christian leadership in all of this and being able to say that, you know, there is a biblical uh, standard for sexual purity? What are your thoughts around that issue?
1: So for many of our pastors, when they went through theological training or Bible college, um, you know, things like sexting and, and online dating, they weren't even thought of. So, you know, many of them, it's not in their psyche to actually talk about, but I think more and more as our young people are growing up, this is part of their ordinary everyday experience of people meeting online, of chatting online, of being asked to send sexy photos online. This is their normal everyday happening. So we need to address this in the church. We need to address the scourge of pornography, for instance, which I think, again, has has an effect of loneliness. Um, but there's all these issues that I think we, ha- we tend not to talk about in church, perhaps again because we're just a little bit embarrassed, but we need to.
0: And the feeling, too, that some might have that, you know, there's my private life and then there's what I do at church on Sunday. And this idea that our Christian walk actually is seven days a week. And that our pastor might be our pastor, not only because it's someone who stands up at the pulpit on a Sunday and preaches a 30-minute message, but that the pastor might actually have some tremendous wisdom to offer on how to protect you in the journey that you're on as you navigate through the minefield of life. And you know what pastors, and this is my observation, pastors are often people who are just uh, oozing with wisdom. And they wouldn't be the pastor unless they had some life experience, some great wisdom and some great ways to articulate how you actually navigate the course of your life. And that's why your pastor becomes like a great coach for you uh, to get through some of those issues. And when you're a teenager and into your early 20s and when you're single, your pastor can be one of the best allies that you have in getting through some really tough times and getting your life on track.
1: So when I was growing up, the church was really the only social outlet that we had. There wasn't all these other things that you could um, be distracted by. And so mentorship was really quite an organic, natural thing that happened because we would be in the church for, you know, youth group, we'd be there for Bible study, we'd be there for Girls Brigade, like everything sort of gravitated around the church. But these days we have more intentional mentorships and I think that's great because what we need is we need the wisdom of older people and we need the wisdom of people who have been on that Christian journey longer than us. We need to live in fellowship with others. We need to live in relationship and community. God intended us to do that. And the church really is the church of God, which is at the family of God. And that's where we find our our you know, the loneliness actually should
0: disappear. Important element when you talk about those who've gone before, those who've got a little extra wisdom, the courage to actually tell the bad choices, the bad decisions that you made. Because sometimes when people tell their story, Uh, We learn a lot when people tell us of the bad decision they made and the consequences of that, and it takes a little bit of courage because sometimes you think in church life, everybody standing around looking their best on Sunday, uh, they've only got good stories to tell, haven't they? (laughs) (laughs) And and we laugh at that because we just know that people in church, they've got life experience Absolutely. and they've made good decisions and they've made bad decisions and actually we want to hear some more of the bad things, the choices that people have made so that we can actually glean that wisdom.
1: And those people in church who are um, preaching or sharing from the word, they've been where you've been. They've had the same temptations. They've had the same failings um, and they they can help you in your situation exactly where you are now. They've been lonely. Um, yeah.
0: I've got to say, 255 listeners have responded to our poll talking about the risks of uh, dating apps and Christians and the risks that they take. 70% are saying it's not a good way to go. And uh, we're not actually going to be, I think, taking a side on this because uh, this is the way a lot of people do find their partner for life, but certainly to be able to draw attention to some of those risks today. Let's take another call. Kate is on the line from Emerald in Queensland. Hi, Kate. Welcome. Hi. What are your thoughts, Kate?
4: (laughs) Hi, Kate. Wendy's my wordy friend as
1: well.
4: (laughs) So good to talk to you. Um, Okay, just from what you were saying, I I am in a second relationship myself, so I um, understand a lot of what is being discussed here um but also um, I have friends who have successfully done a online um, relationship and have subsequently got married but I also have friends who have been very very severely uh, financially ripped off through such and it is um, the online it 's the uh, absolutely the loneliness that these people have, and they believe everything they're being told, and they 're getting this beautiful personal attention mm. and yeah, so i 've kind of got experiences in both levels.
1: And so that, that, Kate, that comes back to the secrecy thing, don't you think? Because yes. again, yes. if you, like, if you're just doing that, somebody's saying, I need this money or I need this from you and, and yes. you feel alone, but you want to continue this relationship. But if you were talking to somebody about it, they would say, don't be an idiot. Exactly. This is a warning sign, you know? Exactly. So this comes back to that secrecy and we, we shouldn't, this is not something that you should be secretive about.
4: No. No, and so what I have done, what um, hubby and I have done in our little area here, is that we have created a uh, second Sundays, and we every second Sunday of the month, for the in the afternoon from about three o'clock till five or whatever, we have um, like an open home and. People who are in second time relationships or who are divorced or widowed or um, older people that are lonely, um, we invite them to come here to our place. And swim, of course, in
2: Emerald.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's great. Look, I'm an old Emerald boy, and uh, so just give (laughs) us. Yes, in fact, I've lived in Emerald twice, but that's another story. What's the name of your church, so for people in Emerald to connect with you, Kate? I
4: I don't do it through my church as such. We do it independently because we invite people from. Our church is nowhere near, you know, <laughs> big yep. enough to have that. But it's just everywhere. We have friends in every church in Emerald. Right. And it's for people, just people in Emerald who are, and it's not exclusively people who go to church.
0: So, we Kate, have, how do they find you?
4: Um, well, personal invitation, usually. Okay. Right. I have Ask around. To it that way, I put up a, a little brochure thing and send it round and, um, yeah, try and get other people from other churches to invite people to include the people that are... And, I mean, some of them are uh, parents who are uh, separated or divorced, and some of these mums have weekends when they don't have their children and they're left all alone, or dads without their children, you know, for that week or whatever. And so those people are included as well that, you know, like anybody can come. And in the space of that time, we can discuss such issues personally, one-on-one. Mm. But also, I reference them to certain uh, books that that I've used through my journey, um, things about what does the
1: Bible really say about divorce. Because whatever we're going through, to be able to sit and talk to somebody who truly understands because they're going through the same or they've been through the same, uh, there's nothing quite like that, is there?
4: I had, um, I had a woman here once, and um, she said, I never realized there were so many people my age who have been widowed. Mm. And yeah. so that was a great comfort to her, that she could talk with these people who had been on the track longer than her, and they really knew. You see, I can't say that I know how that person feels, Yeah. But these other ones could. That's right.
0: Well, Kate, honour to you because you've got something set up in your town in Emerald in central Queensland. The people who are going through a second relationship or they're widowed, they can make contact with you. And uh, I know you're a little bit secretive about that. And I suspect uh, that people listening in Emerald today, and I know there's lots of listeners in Emerald, uh, they'll track you down. And uh, so honour to you for doing such a great thing and something so creative Mm. when it comes to a ministry opportunity in your town. Thank you so much. Wendy, did you have something to add for just at the end of that? Just love you, Kate. (laughs) <laughs> Kate thank you so much for your call one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen 316 316 on our Facebook poll uh, 268 listeners have cast their vote there 69% saying no not safe, risky when you're doing uh, online dating so it's apps.
1: A, it's interesting that that's dropping a little because yeah, more people are saying, "Look, it is okay." And, yeah, um, that's right. And yeah. I think you and I were hearing these stories and we're seeing there's some really brilliant stories coming from online dating, but then there's also a lot of people who have been burnt.
0: So let's take another call. Running out of time. Peter is on the line from Perth. Hello, Peter. Welcome. Good morning, how are you guys very well peter what are your sto- what 's your story? Just need to be fairly quick
4: yeah quickly um, social dating sites is not a magic wand, and we suffer from from a bit of a disney syndrome, so people tend to to throw social construct out the window and expect it to be a magic wand on for their life, life but it 's highly risky, and family should be a big part of making your decision. Um, in my case, it was also stuck in a group of friends that I didn't meet someone, and I only used the dating website as, as a form of meeting people, And indirectly, that's how I, I met my
0: wife. Yeah, the new that's great. I made off the site. So again,
1: you're coming back to, don't be secretive about this. Share with no, your family.. No. Yep.
0: Peter, thank you so much for your input today, and you raised that important point, uh, the whole Disney thing. You know, I'm going to meet Prince Charming, or uh, the princess of my dreams is going to be there when I meet them on that dating app, and everybody looks so good. Uh, Wendy, we are running out of time here, and I guess if we're just drawing attention to the idea that there are risks, and not being... To taking sides here uh, because, as we're hearing, there are great stories yep. of people who are meeting Mr. Wright or Miss Wright online. Uh, but really, to reinforce the idea that there are risks, if you go into this blindly, naively, or ignorantly, you're actually asking for trouble, aren't you?
1: You are. And I think, uh, you know, what's been coming through over and over again is secrecy is an enemy of safety in this so no secrecy uh, that that question that adam asked right at the beginning what does jesus mean to you ask some of those questions right up front you know find out where is this person's heart really as far as their relationship with god um, but yeah no secrecy sharing with your friends your family take them on the journey with you as you would with any normal relationship you don't hide a relationship from the people you love
0: uh, thank you so much to Peter from Perth and to everyone who's contributed to our conversation this hour. Uh, Wendy, in your role with the Centre for Human Dignity, is this something that uh, comes across your, you know, your desk and are you writing about these things? Are there any resources that you might have on the Centre for Human Dignity website? Uh, because when you're dealing with exploitation, I know you're dealing with uh, issues that are a lot harder than this. Somebody mentioned earlier. This is a little light, light uh, mm. t- type of issue for us to talk about today. But is this coming across your radar and something that you'd deal with on your site?
1: The aspects that do come across our radar are the aspects that come as a flow-on effect from online dating. So it's like um, online dating. Often, the, one of the dangers is you know, within two or three sort of contacts with a person, you are asked for a sex, a sext, um, a sexy shot. Those are the issues that we're really fighting back on. And I think one of the problems that we've got with the whole online scene. Is how incredibly hypersexualised our online um, environment is. And so then we enter the issues of pornography, and I think that plays into our whole online scene as well. So it's more of what we deal with in the centre is more along the lines of what is the result of some of these interactions.
0: We live in a hypersexualised world. Right. You've been a long campaigner for a G rated environment outdoors. But we look for an ideal of a G-rated online environment. And uh, there are some things that government can do that government is not giving enough attention to, particularly around these sorts of issues uh, with regard to some of the extremes in pornography and those sorts of things. But, Wendy Francis, honour to you too today because you do such good work. Uh, You're a voice for so many people who would have been listening to our conversation today saying, I hope somebody is speaking up in the sorts of realms where a difference can be made. And so honour to you because uh, you've got a loud voice. When you speak up, people are listening. And I want to thank you so much for taking part on our conversation today. Just to mention, if you'd like to contact Wendy, the ACL website, Australian Christian Lobby, acl.org.au. No doubt you'll see Wendy's smiling face there and you'll be able to make some contact. Wendy, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today on 2020.
1: Thanks for having me as always, Neil.
4: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.